Today I want to warn you, we are in a crisis in the church today. Now we've seen this for several weeks. We've seen it as, in our, as our study moving through the book of Acts. But I want to bring to your attention today a point of crisis in the church today. And that is this. Today we are living in the day, I believe, of the false teacher, the false prophet, and the false Minister, And I believe more than any other day, listen, that's always been a thing, but I believe more than any other day, we are living in the day of the false teacher, the false prophet, the false minister. Now, be very sure the Bible warns us of these people. The Bible starts in the Old Testament, goes all the way through the New Testament, and it tells us to be watchful for people that are not called by God, people that were not sent by God people that maybe they're doing it as a job or maybe doing it as a career or somehow they've taken this, this uh, calling and they've, they've found a way to turn it into a way for self-promotion or maybe they found a way to use it for financial gain. But whatever the, whatever the situation, they are false shepherds. They are false teachers. Isaiah warns us of them. Micah warns, this, warns us of them. Jeremiah he laments and he warns us of them. Jesus said to be watchful for him. Peter says to watch out for him. Paul not only warns us of them, he tells us they are a sign of the last days. In fact, he says in the last days, people will seek them out. They will not have to go creeping their way in. People will actually seek them out because they will want them to tell them what they want to hear. They'll want to be made comfortable in their sins. And so Paul says, not only watch out for them, Paul says, it is a sign of the last days. Well, friends, let me tell you, these are those days. Now, listen, if you're not convinced these are the last days, if you're not convinced it's not very soon until Jesus himself will come again, look at the false teaching, the false teachers out in our world today. Well, today on this special day, I want to take this opportunity to tell you, I, I want to take the opportunity to show you, I, I want you to know what it is you need to know to be able to identify a called minister of the gospel. And so listen, false teachers are everywhere. I believe it's the day of the false teacher. I believe it's wrecking havoc and it's put our church in crisis. And so today, very practically, I want to show you how to identify a called minister of the gospel. Today, our message is entitled, God's Grace Through His Ministers. God's Grace Through His Ministers. Now, let me just tell you, I believe today this is going to be an awesome message. I believe for sure it is a needed message, and I believe surely God is speaking to us Today. And so we would be wise to listen. How do you identify a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm going to ask if you would stand with me. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 1, verses 23 through 29. Colossians chapter 1, verses 23 through 29. God's grace through his ministers. All right, starting at verse 23. If Indeed, you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, 
was made a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fulfill, I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose I also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for your truth. We're thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're thankful that in the good news of the gospel, we find the truth that there is forgiveness for sinners that there is reconciliation for those that have rebelled and turned and gone their own way, that there is peace with a holy God. Lord, we're thankful for the gospel. Lord, I, I pray as we find ourselves in, in, a, in a state in our church, in our churches where false teachers are being exalted, where false teachers are taking the helm, I pray, Lord, that you would show us how to identify the ones that you sent, a God-called minister of the gospel. Lord, help us here today. Help us to be trained today. Lord, help it to carry, help it to carry an impact moving out of this day. And Lord, I pray the fruit of all of this is that you'd be known, that you'd be glorified, that lost will be saved, that saved will be more shaped to be in the image of Christ, and that in all of it, your name will be proclaimed. We love you, we praise you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, let me just tell you, starting off, I was looking at these verses. Now, listen, these are some pretty deep verses, some pretty in involved verses. But I was, I was looking at these verses, thinking about our topic today, and I honestly believe I can preach eight messages from these verses. I truly believe from these verses I could preach at least eight messages. Now, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it all in one message today. It's going to be eight hours long, but I'm going to do it in one message. Let me tell you this. This is a subject that is dear to my heart. This is a subject that I believe is vitally important. This is a subject that I believe is sadly misunderstood in the church today. And I think about how I grew up, and I think about all the services that I sat through, and I don't know that I ever heard a, a pulpit proclaim, this is how you identify a called minister of the gospel. Now listen, we might pass through some verses in, in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy talking about false teachers, but I don't know that I ever had anybody say, this is how you identify a called minister of the gospel. This is so needed. Look around today, the church is hurting because some people that are called as ministers aren't fulfilling their role. 
And more than that, many people not called to be ministers are in those roles. And that's, that's what I watch. I, I watch the, the, what's going on in our world today. And there's folks that were called to be ministers and they're not serving as a minister for whatever reason. And there's a whole lot of folks that were never called and they're standing in those positions. Now, let me, let me just say this as we begin this morning. I, I want you to be sure of this. Every believer has a gift. And that, that is what the Bible teaches us. Every believer, I'm talking about you as a follower of Christ, you are needed in the work of the church. You are necessary in the work of the church. That is the New Testament teaching. God has gifted you and he's placed you in a church, a specific church, and you are necessary in your church. Now, I want to be very clear of this. Your calling in the New Testament teaching is not less than mine. It's not less than anybody else's. It takes a different shape. Your gifting is not any less than any person else's. It may just take a different shape. And so understand, God has placed people, saved people, gifted them for service in his church. But I also want to make very clear this morning that God in his grace And God in his wisdom and God in his plan does place called ministers to serve him in the church. Now, do you understand that? He places, it's his plan, it is his wisdom, and I'll just show you in our message today, it is his grace to the church that he places called ministers in his service in the church. And so today, not in eight weeks, but in one sermon We're going to move through these verses, and we're going to look at the question, how do you know, how can you identify a called minister of the gospel? All right? How can you know, how can you identify a called minister of the gospel? Now, there's going to be nine truths, nine ways that you can identify a minister of the gospel. We're going to move very quickly. First one is this. A called minister of the gospel, first one is this, is called, is appointed, is anointed. Now, that's just a word that means marked by God. Very simply, they are called by God. How do you identify a called minister of the gospel? Understand the first thing, they are called by God. At the end of verse 23, Verse 23, it says, of the gospel, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. He is made a minister of the gospel. Now, we know that God called Paul in a a miraculous way, and we know that he was made a minister of the gospel. That's what he's telling us in that verse. Well, we need to be very sure of this. And and listen, we need to be very settled in this. It is important to understand this. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The call is from God. The call is from God. Now, we've, we've mixed this up, and I want you to understand, a church does not call somebody into the ministry. We might like to think that a church does not call somebody into the ministry. A committee 
doesn't call somebody into the ministry. An ordination council does not call somebody into the ministry. A person doesn't call themselves, but rather it is God who calls folks into the ministry. Today we'll, we'll be sitting in church and somebody will come along and they'll be excited about church and they'll be excited about the word of God and they'll jump in and man, they start serving in the church and they're in their Bibles and you can tell their life has changed and we start to see growth in their life. Now listen, we all ought to be growing, but we start to see growth in their life and maybe their growth is outpacing my growth and so we start to say, you know what, I think God's calling you in the ministry. You know what, as much as you love the Bible, as much as you're attending church nowadays, for sure you're not normal. I think God is calling you into the ministry. Or sometimes folks will say, you know what, I think I like this. I think my aptitude matches here. I think that I could make a career of this. I think I would enjoy this. And so they decide to step into the ministry. First, understand this. God is the one that calls somebody into the ministry. It is not done by a committee, not by a church, not by people. It is not done by ourselves. It is the call of God. Now, why does that matter? Because, listen, the call of God and the empowerment of God are going to make all the difference. Now, we're going to look at eight more points, but I want to tell you these eight points lose traction if it were not for the call of God. And so the call of God and the empowerment of God, that is what's going to make all the difference. And so the first thing is this, they are called by God. They are called by God. Second thing is this, a called minister of the gospel suffers for the sake of others. Now, man, I don't know if we expected that so soon, Maybe that's an unexpected truth, but a called, you want to know how you identify a called minister of the gospel? They suffer for the sake of others. Verse 24, Paul says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Go read the account through the scriptures. The prophets suffered for the word of God. They suffered to deliver the truth. Jesus, he suffered and he, he was killed. Why? For the truth that he is the Messiah, the apostles Go read in the accounts of those guys. They suffered. Most of them were killed for the truth of Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible tells us God's called ministers. Jesus, in fact, says, you will suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ. You will suffer for the truth. I look at the life of Paul, and it's really unimaginable. He is abandoned. There's hardships everywhere. He is beaten. He is jailed. The worst part, he is forsaken by people. He is forsaken by his friends. At one point, he talks about the fact that they had ministered to the point of death. Maybe even death looked better to him at that place. You read the account, and maybe the, the, the most terrible thing is he is lonely. 
He longs for a friend. At one point in his ministry, he goes and he's looking for his friend Titus and he goes to a town and he looks around and he, and he wonders, is Titus here? And he can't find his friend Titus and so he leaves that town. He's looking for friends. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, here's what he says. We are afflicted in every way, perplexed. We can't figure out what's going on, persecuted, struck down. He says, death works in us so that life will work in you. Be very sure a called minister suffers for the sake of others. Now, let me say this. And if they're not willing to, they're not called. And I'll just tell you that plain as day, and you want to you identify a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if it's all about them, and they're worried about what they can get out of this deal, and they're worried about the things they deserve out of this thing, and they're not willing to suffer for the lives of other people, and they're hard to the people they serve, they are not called. Let me tell you, I'd like to preach a whole sermon right there. If they're not willing to suffer for the people they serve for the sake of the gospel, they are not called. A called minister of the gospel, they suffer for other people. Third thing is this. A called minister of the gospel serves the church. A called minister of the gospel serves the church. All right, verse 25. Of this church, now remember he's a minister of the gospel, but now we see the outflow, the application of this church. I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God. As a called servant of the gospel, listen, you serve the church. You serve the church. Now let me tell you what that means. What that means is you love the church. Your heart belongs to the church. Your hope is for the church. You consider the church when you're thinking about decisions, when you're thinking about how things are going to weigh out. You're not thinking about yourself, but you're considering the church and you strain and you work and you serve and you sweat and you do it for the church. And it's not the other way around. Church doesn't serve you. The church isn't there to please you. You serve the church. Listen, false shepherds use the church. And I could give you a list of them. They're every which way you go. They use the church. They feed off the church. They take from the church. And I'll just tell you, if you find a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll find very quickly they love the church. They still have hope for the church. They desire great things in the church. They're praying for a revival in the church. A minister of the gospel serves the church. All right, fourth thing, how do you identify a called minister of the gospel? Fourth thing is this. A called minister of the gospel is God's steward. Now, this is big, and, and man, this is heavy. A called minister of the gospel, this is why it has to be God in God's calling and his empowerment. They have a stewardship before God. They have a duty a responsibility to God. Verse 25, of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit. Do you know God's called minister 
will stand before God and they will give an account. They will give an answer for how they served. You know, I, I will give an answer for my service to the Lord. I will give an accounting for what I did and what I did not do as the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church. I will answer to my Savior for how I served his church as pastor. Now, I want, I want you to know this. Do you know who will stand with me on that day? Will it be those that said, you know what, you did a pretty good job, you tried? Will it be some committee that, that put me in that spot? Will it be my wife? Will it be my friends? Nobody will stand with me when I give an account for my service to the Lord. I will answer for the stewardship given to me in my call as a gospel minister. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 says this. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls, listen, as those who will give an account. They keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Now, I want you to hear this. A minister doesn't get a free pass. Now, sometimes they think, well, that guy, that person, they're, they're a minister. We can't hold them accountable. They don't get a free pass. I know that. But I want to tell you, there are people that they believe that their mission in the church is to let the minister know what they've done wrong. And they feel like, you know what, that's my ministry. I, my spiritual gift, we all got one. That was mine. I, my job is to let them know where they have failed, where they have missed something. And they, they come and say, you know what? You didn't wave at me. I, I saw you and you looked at me, but you didn't wave at me. And I'm upset about that. They, they come and they say, you know what? You didn't go see me in the hospital. You didn't see them in the hospital. You know what? I didn't like that teaching. I didn't like that sermon. Or you know what? The course of the church, it's not what I think it ought to be. And these folks, they go around and their mission is to, to, to hold somebody to a standard that's not their place to hold them to. And they stir up dissension in the church. They come to meetings and they say, well, did you know about this thing? And they stir, up, they stir up dissension in the brotherhood. And all the while, the called person, if God did call them, they know that God knows and God sees. He even judges the motivation of your heart. And to him, they will give an account. A called minister has a stewardship and they will answer to God. All right, they're called by God. They suffer for others' sake. They serve the church. They are a steward. They have a stewardship to God. All right, the fifth thing is this. A called minister of the gospel preaches God's word. How do you identify a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Let me tell you how. They preach God's word. The rest of verse 25. So that I might fully, I have a stewardship, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. So that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. Get this this morning. This is so important. Hear me very clearly. The primary call, the primary duty 
The primary purpose of a called minister is the proclamation of the word of God, the Bible. Did you hear that? Our world says, you know what? We want you to do these things. We want you to be over administration. We want you to take care of these things. We want you to handle the things that we want you to handle. And the truth is, the primary thing, the main thing is the proclamation of the word of God. Folks, that is a huge issue. Today, there is all sorts of stuff being taught. There's all sorts of stuff being proclaimed. And you can go to classes, and you can look at curriculum today, and you can listen to pulpits today, and you're more likely to hear anything else. In fact, you're most likely to hear almost everything else than the Word of God, the Bible, proclaimed in our churches. Listen, our call is to preach the word of God in season and out of season. Paul says, preach the word. You may give you some good advice. If you don't, I'm going to anyway. Let me give you some advice here. A false teacher is not going to do that. You want to know how you're dealing with a false teacher? They're not going to do that. They're they're absolutely not going to do that. Now, listen very carefully. They may use these words. They may use verses out of context. They may use a verse that that's not what the verse is talking about. They may use part of a verse. They may sound close to the words we're used to hearing. But listen to me. How do you identify a false teacher? They're not going to preach the Bible. They're not going to preach the word of God as he has spoken. Let me tell you this. You find a person like that, you run. You find find a person like that, you turn tail and you get out of there and you run because a false teacher, they are not going to preach the word of God as he has spoken it. Be very sure today, and I don't know why we're scared to say this, but I'm going to say it. Be very sure today. You want to hear from God? Do you want to hear from God? He speaks through his word, the Bible, and he speaks through his ministers as they proclaim the Bible. Did you hear that? I want you to be very certain of that. Not some fresh word, not something I came up with, not something that I've translated, some other book that I read, not some other resource that I pulled in. You want to hear from God? He speaks through his word, the Bible, and he speaks through his ministers as they proclaim the Bible. We, We got a whole lot of people And they say, oh, I need to hear from God. Oh, I'd love to hear from God. I got a lot of things going on. I'd love to hear from God. Let me tell you how you hear from God. You stay in his word, the Bible, and you stay close to the proclamation ministry of his called ministers. Did you hear what I just said? You want to hear from God? You stay close to the proclamation ministry of his called ministers. It is his blessing to you. I watch folks and they get out of church for whatever reason. They think, well, I've got something to do. I'm busy. I've got this. You know what? It's not that important. I understand I've been saved. And it doesn't take that many weeks not hearing the word of God and your attitude begins to change and your heart begins to change and your life begins to show it. If you want to hear from God, you get very close to the teaching proclamation ministry of a called minister of God. Sixth thing. A called minister of the gospel makes known the truth. Makes known 
the truth. Now, this is very awesome. I love this one. Verse 26. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been manifested to his saints. We have the truth, God's word. Follow this. We have the truth. Some folks are saying, well, we need to sit down and discuss the truth and figure out the truth. We have the truth in God's word. Now, why is that important? It's because it leads us to the truth, Jesus Christ. So do you see if there's a, if there's a problem with the, the written word, with the truth and its proclamation, if we're changing that, if we're adapting that, the outflow is we're going to miss the truth, Jesus Christ. And so listen, it all goes back to the truth. We have the truth, and Satan's attack has always been, go all the way back to Genesis, it has always been against the truth. Did God truly say that? Surely God didn't say that. And Satan comes along and he tries and remove the truth. He tries to distort the truth. He tries to come along and say, you can't believe that. That's not relevant in this day. And he tries to deny the truth. And so the issue at hand is the truth. And Satan comes along to destroy the truth. And then listen very carefully. And God's called ministers, their job is to guard the truth. Their job is to stand on the truth and to make the truth known. I'll just, I'll just tell you this is how it goes. Today, there is a pushback against what we call doctrine. Well, doctrine just means biblical truth. You want, you want correct doctrine? It's used all through the New Testament. Paul writes about it in many places. Doctrine is biblical truth. That's what doctrine is. Well, you know what? We want the doctrine of truth, God's word. We want to preach the doctrine of God's truth. We want to uphold the doctrine of God's word. Well, let me tell you what today is. Today, people are offended by that word. You know what? I've heard people say, well, I don't want your church. That's all it does is worry about doctrine. And if I got to hear any more about doctrine, I'm going to go somewhere where we talk about Jesus. Well, the truth of Jesus is the truth of doctrine. And so folks today, they want all these things, but they want them in neglect of the truth. Well, Paul says the doctrine, the truth, you defend it as a called minister, you proclaim it, and listen, in the gifting of God, you make it known. A called minister of the gospel, their gifting, their supernatural enablement, is the ability to take the word of God and make it understandable, accessible, and applicable. And listen, that's, that's what God built them for. That's the gifting he has given them. And, and it's not normal. In fact, it's supernatural. It's not like the professor at the college. It is a supernatural ability to take the very word of God and to teach it and to proclaim it in a way that it is understandable, that it is accessible, and that it is applicable to you. You ever go and hear a, a teacher or a preacher and you hear them teach? And as they teach, you go, you know what, I understand that. Hey, I get that. You ever, you ever go and hear somebody say, you know what, I've heard that a hundred times. 
I've heard that a hundred times. I never knew that's what that was talking about. I've never understood that's what that was talking, what that was saying. And a called minister has the supernatural enablement to make known the truth of God's word. Friend, that is priceless. Friend, that is tremendous. Friend, that is needed today. Not somebody telling you what they think about what they think about what somebody else thought, but somebody to come along and make known the truth of God's word. That's what you have in a called minister of the gospel. The next one is my favorite. My favorite one. How do you identify a called minister of the gospel? Here's how. A called minister of the gospel proclaims Jesus. That's my favorite one. Man, you can go to churches and you can hear about things, how to fix your marriage. You can hear whole services about the Holy Spirit of God. You can hear whole services about this thing, that thing, good thing. You can hear all the things in society. But I want to tell you, a called minister of the gospel, they proclaim Jesus. Jesus. The start of verse 28 says, and we proclaim him talking about Jesus. In chapter 2, verse 2, it says that mystery is Christ himself. Listen, the gospel is the gospel of Jesus. There is no good, there is no good news outside of Jesus. The word of God, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, it is the story and the unfolding of redemption to the Savior, Jesus. The truth is Jesus. There's no way to have reconciliation with God outside of Jesus. The hope of sinners, it is Jesus. The king that will come again, he is Jesus. And so listen, that is why this matters. That is why it is vital to us. That is why to take up some other cause is an empty cause. If you go to a church and hear about anybody or anything but Jesus, it's a wasted hour. That's why proclaiming another message, no matter how good it is, is a failure. Friends, how do you know if a minister is called to the gospel? And I'll just tell you how it's this. It's because when you're with them, you hear Jesus. And when you're with them, you learn of Jesus. And when you're with them, you see Jesus. It's because when you're around them, when you're with them, it makes you love Jesus. And it makes you want to know more about Jesus. And when you're around them, you become astonished with Jesus. And listen, you're dealing with them. They lead you to Jesus. And that is the fruit of their ministry. Dear God, let us have ministers that would lead people to Jesus. One of the crazy things going online, you can catch so many sermons today, you can go watch a whole sermon and never hear about Jesus. You can watch people pray and they'll pray and they'll have some prayer and they'll never mention the Savior that saves Jesus. You want to know how you found a real gospel minister, a minister that God has sent? It's because the fruit of their life is they make you love Jesus. That is the fruit of their ministry. Eighth point. A minister of the gospel admonishes and teaches with godly wisdom. Uh-oh. That doesn't sound like the one that doesn't sound as exciting as the one in front of it. They admonish and they teach in godly wisdom. Verse 28, listen to this. We proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man 
complete in Christ. The goal is the process of sanctification. We find Christ. We receive Christ by faith, but we grow in the truth of Christ. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom. You know what? This is the hard part. This is the tough part. And let me just tell you, you're looking for a distinction. Let me just make it to you. You want to know what separates the real from the fake? You want to know what separates the real from the self-promoter? It's this. A God-called minister of the gospel, they love God enough, and they love God's word enough, and they love you enough to take the time to teach. And the Bible is very clear all the way through the New Testament, and part of that teaching is correcting. It says they'll assemble for themselves teachers that will tickle their ears. They'll say what they want to hear. They'll assemble for themselves in the last days folks that won't talk about sin. Do you know how many of our pulpits that will say out from the, from the pulpit, we're not going to talk about sin? They love God enough, they love God's word enough, and they love you enough to take time to teach and as part of that teaching to correct. A false teacher is not going to do that. A false teacher is going to tell you what you want to hear. A false teacher, they're going to they're stick their finger in the air and they're going to say which way the wind is blowing. The false teacher, they're going to make sure that nobody's ever offended and the worst thing we could ever do is upset anybody. A false teacher, they're going to work very hard to appease you in your sins, to comfort you in your rebellion and to make sure that you like them. But I want to tell you, a God-called minister of the gospel, they will say, you know what, right here, this is the standard Right here, this is the plumb line, and it's not mine, and it's not a denomination's, and it's not the work of a committee. It is the truth of God. This is what God has called a sin. This is what God says he will judge. And though it costs me everything, though it makes me cumbersome to you, though you may have no use for me, I cannot waver from the truth. And a God-called minister of the gospel will say, this is the best way to live, and to neglect it is a sin, but to live in it is for your very own good. That is a God-called gospel preacher, teacher, minister. I walk around, I hear these guys, and they got sermons that rhyme, and they got clothes that look like bodybuilders, and they bounce all around the stage, and they got all these things that draw people in, but they would never tell you, you know what, brother, you march into sin, and you'll pay for that, and your wife will pay for that, and your kids will pay for that, and this is what God has called a sin, and it's the best thing to feel remorse and to repent and to turn and to walk from it. You want to identify a God-called gospel minister, they will correct and they will teach even at their own peril. And that's how you know a gospel minister. Ninth one, last one. A gospel minister, a God-called minister of the gospel, they labor and they strive in his power. Now, this is a good one. They labor and they strive in his power. Listen to verse 29. Remember who's speaking. Here's Paul. He, he's working. He's lonely. He's deserted. He's all smashed up. He's going to end up with his head cut off. And here's what he says. For this purpose, the purpose of the gospel, proclaimed to the church for this purpose, also I labor, striving according to his power, 
which mightily works within me. I love this verse. I love every piece of it. I also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. The first part of this verse, they labor and they strive. Listen, they, they work and they are committed to the, to the gospel proclamation, to the truth of God's word, to the service of the church. That is what they do. They work. They serve. That is what they think about. That is what they talk about. That is what they make their plans around. There's no day off from that. They're not setting it down. They are committed. They are working. They are striving for the cause of the proclamation of the gospel. Here's, here's a word that shouldn't exist. Lazy minister. You know what? You find some person and they, and they have this truth and they have this mission and they have the Savior we have and they're lazy in their effort. I, I want to tell you what, you might want to start looking at their calling. Because when you take up this calling, when you put your hand upon this plow, the, the impact is eternal. The Savior is amazing and you will work and you will strive. And as costly as it is, as tough as it is, Paul says we work and we strive and we work and we strive. And oh, I may be tired and oh, it may be lonely doing this, but I labor from the master from the dawn till setting sun and they push on and they push on because they know the cause. I think about this and I think about the image of that guy with the seed sack that he puts on, he's gonna, he's gonna sow the seeds of the gospel and he puts that sack on and he goes to the field and he's gonna sow those seeds. The master's tapped him to sow those seeds and he goes to the field and he makes his way up those rows and he throws that seed in and he stomps it in and he throws that seed in and he stomps it in and he passes through the mid-morning and he passes through the afternoon and he sits down there on a rock and he has his lunch and he gets back to work and he picks up that sack and he begins sowing the gospel seed and sowing the gospel seed and it gets about three o'clock and it's hot and he finishes the last of the water that he carried to the field but he's sowing that gospel seed and he's sowing that gospel seed and later in the evening as the sun starts to go down and he's caked in dirt and his skin is burned and tears run through his face he's so tired but he looks back and he sees the rows behind him all the rows of the gospel seed that he's planted but then he looks ahead of him and he sees all the rows to go all those that will perish outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ and so he takes that sack and he strives in the power of God and he sows another seed and sows another seed. That is the minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is all that matters. And so they strive in his power. And here's the good part of that. It's not in their power. It is in his. God gifts it. God enables it. God in his grace has called them. God in his kindness to a lost and dying dark world, he has sent them. And they serve in his power. You know what that means? It's not normal. What that means, it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's really not even explainable. They serve in his power. So how do you know a gospel minister sent by God. How do you identify them? They are called by God. They suffer for the sake of others. They serve the church. They are God's steward as one that will give an account. They preach God's word. They make known the truth. 
They proclaim Jesus. They admonish and they teach in wisdom. And they labor and they strive in his power. It's an old saying and it's been adapted. It goes back, how will you know when you see one? How would you describe one? Could you, could you really describe one? Well, in God's word, he describes one. Somebody said, well, I'll notice when I see him. God in his word describes one. What is the point to all of that? I want to tell you this. It's because God has a plan for folks to find the good news. God has a plan for the good news to be accessible, understandable, and applicable. God has a plan to train up his people to be speaking mouthpieces, heralds of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has a plan for people to find Jesus Christ. And it all comes back to that truth the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the big deal of all this? It's this. We have a Savior today. We have hope today that reigns. We have peace that the world can't give, can't understand. Today we walk through these days and they're hard and they're tough and there's sickness, there's death, and there's funerals, there's things we don't understand. These days are hard. But we have a hope. We have a Savior. We have, a for, for, we have the forgiveness of sin. And we have it all in the truth of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you the point of all is this. Listen, if you're here today and you've never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you the hope stands today. God's grace through Jesus is offered to you today. The point to all of this is there is hope. Won't you trust Jesus today? Our God is kind. Our God is gracious. And in his infinite wisdom, he gives us his ministers to uphold his truth. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray.